0: Plastic pollution, deforestation, global warming. Sometimes it feels like there's
1: just nothing we can do as individuals about our environmental crisis. But at The Oath Project, we believe that small acts, when done collectively, can create massive impacts. That's why we created this podcast, to share the stories of the individuals who are doing just that, one act at a time, to help the earth. And hey, who knows, maybe after this episode, you'll be inspired to, as we call it, hashtag take the oath and commit to doing just one act at a time. Now, on with the episode. Hello, and welcome back to One Act at a Time Stories of Change. I am your host for today, Cheryl. Before we jump in, I would like to acknowledge the land that I'm speaking to you from today is on Robinson Superior Treaty Territory, on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabeg. And just to express gratitude for my ability to work and play on these beautiful lands today. Our theme this month is sustainable food systems. Sustainable food systems are systems which deliver food security and nutrition. They need to be economically sustainable, socially sustainable, and have a positive or at least a neutral impact on the natural environment. And this last piece, the environmental sustainability, it covers many components of the food cycle, including waste which is why we are thrilled to have Sam Kashani, the country manager of Too Good To Go Canada, with us here today to talk all about food waste and what we can do to positively impact our food system. So welcome, Sam. It's great to have you.
0: Awesome, Cheryl. Thanks so much for having me. Super excited to be here.
1: Sam, let's talk a bit about food waste. So when we think of waste, people's minds might typically go to those consumerist items that are going to be around our landfills forever, like the piles of single-use water bottles or a toy that broke that wasn't designed to be fixed or clothing that went out of style and those kinds of things. Food waste might not be on the top of the general population's mind when we think about what waste is. So can you tell us about the issue of food waste? And let's start by hearing about what food waste is. And how much food is actually going to waste on this planet?
0: Yeah, it's, it's absolutely that. Where when you think of the global issues we face today, food waste isn't the, the one that's top of mind for us. And really our vision is to make sure that more and more consumers here in Canada and around the world are understanding the issue um, and the severity of food waste that it has, uh, an impact it has on climate change. So to just kind of put a couple of numbers around it, we waste 40% of the food that we produce in the world. So if you think of the magnitude of the amount of food we're producing, 40% of it, which equates to roughly about $1.2 trillion is going to waste every single year. In context, you think about all the issues we have around climate change, methane gas, CO2E, Um, you think about food insecurity, we are producing enough food for all of us to consume, yet we're not doing it. And really our vision for us is a world in which all the food produced is actually consumed. So if you think of that as a global issue and then distill that to Canada, Believe it or not, Canada is actually a little bit worse in the in the dimension where we waste 58% of the food that we produce. Again, one of those stats that you know just kind of hits you over the head, it's a big number. And if you don't take a few seconds to think about it, you kind of forget about it and move on. But I think really our vision and mission is to make sure that we raise this issue and keep it top of mind for Canadians. So when you think about that stat with regards to really the amount of food that we waste, it happens across the value chain. So it happens from production, it happens in manufacturing and processing, it happens in distribution, it certainly happens in in retail and restaurants and hotels, etc. But also it happens in our homes. So the awareness and understanding of the issue is the first step with regards to being able to impact it and Um, And the last thing I'll share is food waste alone is responsible for 10% of the greenhouse gases that are emitted into the environment. So if you think about all the conversations around climate change and what we can do individually to be able to actually make a difference, food waste is a massive, massive solution in which we can all rally behind to ultimately reduce and, and eliminate the amount of food that we produce and waste in this planet.
1: I love that you gave the number for Canada specifically, because that's something that pops into my mind when I see global statistics thinking, okay, but are we that bad? Or are we worse than that bad? And it sounds like we're worse than that bad. And I think about it sort of on personal terms. And I'm trying to imagine over 50% of food being wasted. And I'm basically picturing I buy two oranges and drop one in the garbage can <laughs> and then eat the other one. It's just, it's unfathomable. I I also read on the Too Good to Go website that uh, on Earth, we waste 79 tons of food every second of the year. And it's just so hard to even comprehend what that is. It's like it's like dump trucks just driving into the landfill every second of every day. It's it's unbelievable, honestly. Um, And you touched on it a little bit around the carbon emissions or greenhouse gas emissions and I'm wondering if you can talk about that a little bit more, because I I think and and maybe what others typically think of when we think of food waste is that we sort of assume that it's going to decompose um, wherever it lands and that maybe it's OK to be offloading additional food that we're not needing. So I, I don't I don't need us to go into like the science of it and that kind of thing. But I, I wonder if you can talk a little bit more about the impact that the food waste does have on the environment? And basically, why should we be seeing this as such a huge issue that we need to do something about?
0: Yeah, that's that's a great question. And really, the impact is is, is twofold. One, if you think of, let's just use a banana as an example, that's produced, that ultimately the amount of water it takes, the amount of energy it takes to transport, um, to land in Canada, to ultimately end up on a grocery shelf. For you to purchase for it to only turn brown and then you're like oh that's not ideal for my smoothie or whatever it may be and it ends up in the garbage so if you think about the energy that's essentially used to be able to get that you know simple banana into your into your kitchen and then ultimately waste it that's one aspect of the the greenhouse gases emitted into the environment based on the cost of food to get to your home the second aspect around composting food is that the amount of food that we're essentially trying to compost, we're not actually doing it in in the right way because for food to compost and for us to not release the gases kind of almost needs to be flat rather than we're just piling food together and what that does, it doesn't actually allow enough oxygen for it to uh, for it to compost properly. And you know, I'll be the first to say that I'm, I'm I'm not an expert in composting. But when you look at the studies and you look at the way we're currently doing it, we're just piling the the food up, and we're actually not allowing it for it to compost properly, and then therefore releasing methane gas and, and a series of um, other CO 2 es in the environment that ultimately cause um, you know the, the combination of the ten percent that I that I mentioned earlier. So there's a lot of little things that essentially add to to the overall process that make this such a big issue. But really, you know, for where my mind and and where my energy goes is around finding solutions and empowering everyone to do a little thing to be able to ultimately help fight food waste. And I think where I'm inspired by your vision and and what you guys have done with respect to your podcast is really around, you know, the way I've worded is micro actions that can lead to macro results. And if we truly think that way, and we, you, you you, and I, our families, our friends start to take small actions with regards to reducing food waste in our homes, in our behaviors, in the way we shop, we can start to make a difference. And that's the way you can really start a movement in which we kind of anchor our, our vision of Too Good To Go in, in empowering everyone to join the fight against food waste.
1: Mm, I love that. Um, I, for our listeners, I'm nodding profusely over here as Sam has been talking. (laughs) Um, It can be really daunting. It can be really overwhelming. and, And the idea of climate doom or climate anxiety is really real. And we know that there are really big systemic changes that need to happen in order to move forward. But feeling like each person has a little bit of the piece of the puzzle to this solution of our climate crisis um, can be, it, it can bring a little bit more hope, I think, into the conversation. And so this is something that I wanted to ask you about as well. I saw that, so we are we are working towards bettering things, bettering our food supply chain the climate crisis. And I saw that um, Canada's National Food Waste Reduction Strategy was created a few years ago and this is a coordinated national effort to cut food waste per person in half by 2030 and apparently i hear the the federal government is yet to approve this strategy or to move on a national food policy action at all so i'm hoping i'm wondering if you can talk about this disconnect between the strategy and then the adoption of the strategy and why why is there such a disconnect there when what needs to happen for our government officials to prioritize this kind of national strategy that's going to help us fight things like food waste and ultimately the climate crisis?
0: Yeah, honestly, if I had the answer to that question, I'd probably be be, be fighting that battle literally as we speak. But, you know, if I'm just to reflect back on Canada, I think there's a tremendous amount of work being done by many organizations to really raise food waste as an issue higher and higher on the government's agenda and and priorities. And I think what the government's done through the impact initiative, they've actually added a couple of contests and initiatives in which to empower innovation within this space for companies to think a little bit differently to really be able to tackle um, the food waste issue. But on the flip side, what I haven't seen happen, and I can be completely frank and honest, is I'm, I can't draw the correlation between national and provincial in that in that process, a lot of the provinces, including BC, Alberta, Ontario, Quebec, et cetera, have their own specific guidance around food waste. You know, Quebec has this traffic light system of what to waste, what not to waste. Date labeling within each of the provinces is slightly different and interpreted a little bit differently. But what's most alarming to me is on the government's website, there's a there's a saying you know, around date labeling that it says, if in doubt, throw it out. And when I see that kind of a narrative coming from the federal government, it frankly concerns me personally in a sense that someone who's not educated about food waste with regards to the climate change or with regards to the health and safety of consuming things past before, best before dates and understanding date labeling on products is Going to gravitate towards throwing it out. You know, If in doubt, throw it out is a pretty bold statement for the government to make, where if I open the fridge and I look at a date that's manufacturer labeled, and obviously manufacturers have an intention with regards to product turns and product velocity. And if that doesn't sell and, it, and that date is passed, I throw it out as a consumer because that's the guidance that the federal government's given me. So it's, it's what I call the Rubik's Cube. It's actually quite complicated with respect to the federal mandate, the provinces actually taking a little bit of ownership, and then the guidance that's coming. And then the many institutions like ours and many others that are really starting to work um, to advocate with regards to creating a bit of a, a, an equilibrium or, or, a, or a common denominator with regards to what truly is waste and how important of an issue this is. So we have a lot of initiatives you know, planned as you think of 2022 and beyond with regards to advocacy work, public affairs work, really consumer education work, because it really stems from, again, like I said, folks like you and I, to be more educated on the way we manage our fridge and manage our groceries, um, all the way down to advocacy work with the government to be able to continue to have a seat at that table and make sure that we're speaking um, in unison with regards to federal and provincial uh, um, authorities.
1: This is making me think of COP twenty six, which is going on as we speak, and will still be going on, um, almost coming to a close by the time we share this podcast with the world. So I'm I'm wondering. Based on what you were just saying, is there anything that you've seen so far in COP26 that is sort of resonating with you in terms of these policies and closing sort of waste gaps on food systems? Or or if not, what are you hoping to see in the next week or so?
0: I think um it's it's actually very timely in, in this conversation. And you know, we have we have an active presence in COP26 to be able to continue to raise food waste as a, as a global issue and certainly an, an issue in Canada. You know, we've seen drips and grabs come from from different countries and in, in, in Canada in itself. I think signed a pledge to end deforestation by 2030. And there's a series of other pieces that um, have been essentially added into the agenda. I think for me, um, one one of, the, one of the philosophies I have around this is that now is more important than new. And what I mean by that is taking action today is more important than continuing to sit back and wait for more innovation. I'm not saying innovation isn't important and critical with regards to the fight against food waste, but if we continue to think about these lofty goals and continue to wait for technology and further innovation to come in play, I think it'll be too late. So... I'm inspired and, and frustrated by certain things coming out of COP26. And I think that's a, that's a deeper conversation. But in reality, I think if there's one message, when I look at the, the language and, and the follow-ups coming out of COP26, and really what we stand for as a company and what I stand for as an individual is now is more important than you. And I think by taking action, we start to actually go through the process of actually learning and, and iterating. Um, while knowing that innovation is is critical with respect to thinking of different ways in which we can kind of balance the the, the carbon emission into the environment and actually have to soak, soak soak it up, so that's really the message that 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 for me resonates the most, and I'd love to share with obviously your listeners is is taking action is far more important than waiting for for that perfect you know magic bullet solution.
1: I think you're your frustration and thinking that, you know, if we sit back and wait, it's going to be too late. I think that's not only felt by many people across the globe, but it's also uh, very much backed by scientific reports, like the IPCC report that was recently released. So yes, I, I reflect back the same feelings too, and also very much acknowledge that, that this is also coming from a really evidence-based place and how you're thinking and feeling. Um, I also really like that as you're talking, you're sort of instilling hope, right? And that that there is a responsibility on larger scale organizations and systems. There can also be a responsibility on us on the now. And it, it feels a little bit more hopeful when we put it in those terms, I feel. So I want to keep on that brainwave of hope. And uh, I want to do this by hearing a little bit about your organization, about Too Good to Go in Canada. Um, so let us know, how, how did this group come to be? What are its goals? What's a little bit of the background of Too Good to Go?
0: Yeah, I love, I love the theme of hope because I think that's really the only way we can kind of live. So I'm happy to dig into Too Good to Go. You know, we're a company that's been around for over five years now. And our core vision is really around empowering and inspiring everyone to join the fight against food waste. So for us, it's really rooted in democratization around the fight of food waste and making sure people like you and I have the tools to actually take one small action um, with respect to to the fight against food waste. And ultimately, as I said, micro actions that can lead to macro results. So the company was was born in Europe uh, about five years ago and since then we've expanded to now 17 countries and Canada was our officially our 16th country in which um, I've been tasked with regards to expanding our movement here in Canada so honestly the privilege to wake up every single day to do uh, what I call super meaningful work and work for a social impact company that has really built a model that is sustainable around a far greater cause so for me um Feels like I won the lottery and, and, and I, you know, I'm sure that my team can say the same thing with regards to the impact that we're having on a daily basis. A little bit about what we actually do is our core business is rooted in what I call our marketplace. And today we're the world's largest marketplace for surplus food. We're saving over two meals per second as we're speaking. So as this conversation is going on, every second two meals are going through our platform that otherwise would have been thrown out because they were surplus for a local bakery, cafe, grocery store. So what we do is we connect consumers to stores that have surplus food left at the end of the day. So you can go in during a defined pickup window pick up what we call a surprise bag, which is surplus food that that store, bakery, pizza shop, restaurant has left over. And instead of them throwing it out, they drive incremental traffic to the store, they drive incremental revenue, and they avoid ultimately throwing food out. That in itself is the simplicity of our model. And one of our core values is to keep it simple, because we know that Issue is so complex, and the solutions need to be simple. Otherwise, they're quite difficult for people to adopt. And that's really the core pillar of our organization, which is our, our marketplace. And we have a vision to save 1 billion meals by 2024. So very, very exciting and grand ambition to achieve. But at the end of the day, we know the impact that we're having every single day and the amount of meals that we're saving. The other aspect of our organization, very quickly I'll share with you, is the marketplace is only one pillar of our company. We have an an advocacy arm and what I call indirect impact in our organization that is rooted in schools and curriculum, that is rooted in public affairs, which I briefly touched on in working with businesses around date labeling and education, and and lastly around household education. So what are tips, tricks, recipes that we can do in our homes to ultimately reduce food waste? it's a it's a model in which the marketplace helps fuel our direct impact, but really then get get us to to those four pillars that I mentioned. That is the indirect impact in us continuing to advance the, the food waste agenda.
1: There's so many webs of thought that I think I can spur off into and ask you more questions about. Maybe I'll slowly try to pick away at them. Please. The first one that popped into my mind was, are you on track to meet that, that goal of, what was it, a billion?
0: A billion meals, ultimately saved that go through our platform Um, at a high level, yes. But I think like, like any um, tech platform, we're experiencing exponential growth. So the next year, year and a half will be really, really busy for us. And we've opened new countries literally every handful of months. And Canada was the 16th and we're up to 17 now and quite prevalent in the U.S. as well. So, and, and we know how much food waste happens there. So ultimately continuing to expand, I think we'll, We'll get pretty close and hopefully actually um, surpass that uh, surpass that goal.
1: What sort of businesses, organizations, restaurant are, are coming on board for this platform? Is it sort of a smattering of, of everyone or how, how is that looking?
0: You know, it's it's counter to you know what you learn in business school of like have a specific target market and go after them only. Like it truly when it comes to food waste, for us, it's everyone. And, you know, if you if you open the app and, and based on where you're where you are in Canada, we're, we're fully operational in Toronto, in Vancouver and Montreal and continuing to expand to all, all the provinces and cities. But today, you know, you have your independent baker or pizza shop that has literally one store. It's a family run business, you know, many generations and joins our platform or you have national grocer or QSR, quick service restaurant businesses that are coming on as we help advance their sustainability agenda. So really when I say everyone, we will not turn anyone away that is an official business establishment and has food surplus because our platform can help rescue any surplus that they ultimately have. So we don't really segment to say only restaurants or only grocery stores or only the size of a chain. We are we're a tool to democratize the fight against food waste and, and that is rooted in our business model.
1: Can you talk a little bit more about the process to onboard different types of food-based organizations? There's probably some sort of level of liability that's associated with maybe selling off food that going back to talking about expiry dates and, and reading the labels and that kind of thing, that maybe it's trickier than meets the eye to to be bringing on larger and smaller organizations into this type of system. So can you speak a little bit about that and what the challenges that you face and maybe how you're overcoming those? Yeah, it's
0: a, it's a great question. And I'll say a very common question, but I think the answer is quite simple. Is anything on our platform is something the store would have sold otherwise before they closed the shop that night? So we're actually not asking anyone to keep food beyond a certain date or save it for the next day. Hence why we're super flexible in the pickup window that we set. So I'll use a couple of specific examples. Think of a local pizza shop. You know, if they have fresh slices in in the window when you walk in, if the shop closes at 10 o'clock and if you go in at nine o'clock and there is, you know, five or six slices left, if you pick any of those slices, they will gladly sell that to you now because it meets the freshness and the health and safety standards that they've laid out. Now, the reality is if someone doesn't walk in, the pizza shop is not allowed to actually keep that and then reheat it for the next for the next day. So usually they end up taking it home for the hundredth time or they end up throwing it out. And for us, that's the that's the gap that we try to solve for them. So it's food that you normally would have sold that we drive traffic in to make sure it doesn't go to waste. And that goes with grocery stores or with any other food establishment. So When it comes around food liability, it's actually never been an issue for us because we're actually not asking the store to change any behavior with respect to the way they normally sell food. We're just opening them up to a whole new market that ultimately will come in and pick that up and ultimately, you know, drive incremental revenue for them and and reduce food waste.
1: That makes a lot of sense. Um, I just want to note, I can can hear the passion and excitement in your voice. And uh, there's a is a special privilege that comes with being able to do work that is so meaningful every day. And I just, um, I, I can feel that you're experiencing that. So I'm, I'm really happy from that perspective and, and hope it honestly inspires other people to, to get involved in, in the type of work that's really going to make them feel like they're making the world a better place.
0: Appreciate that. Thank you. And and and, and I'm, I'm, gl- I'm glad you sensed it, but it's, it's honestly super genuine. And, and when I, it got introduced to the company, it's it's the balance of having, um, call it a commercial mind, but having it with a heart and having it with an intention. And for me, it's the perfect balance with regards to building a business model that is scalable around a social impact. I can't think of a better job with regards to doing good, but doing it at scale. And and we, we've, we're trying to inspire other companies to really think that way, that, you know, doing good doesn't necessarily have to to come at the cost of you know running running a healthy organization and a business,
1: right? Speaking of scaling, could you tell us a little bit about future ambitions for the organization? Are you looking to make loftier goals for more more meals that you're intending to save or expand to more locations or what's that looking like in the future?
0: Yeah, I think it, it's again twofold in a sense of the impact of geographic expansion with respect to the amount of meals we can save we know us is a huge you know geography and a lot of food is essentially wasted in 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 the us and you think of um, latin america and asia there's a lot of food out there that ultimately needs rescuing so our marketplace is a tool for us to do that so for us, as we continue to expand our movement and, and what I call when where we play in the current 17 countries and continue to expand there to make sure that our model is, uh, is replicable and, and, and driving the impact that it, it needs to have. And the second piece of our impact and, and future ambitions is how do we scale our indirect impact as we've done in some, some countries? So in, in Europe, for example, there is, I think, over 500 SKUs, so products in the grocery store that, beside the best before and used by dates, essentially have a too good to go label that educate the consumers to look, smell, taste before you waste. And if you think of, you know, again, when I was talking about that example, when you open your fridge, you look at the best before date, but you see that, and there's a link where you can actually get a little bit more educated. That's the kind of indirect impact that we can have on the food ecosystem. So if I had a magic wand, I'd love every single consumer packaged goods company to essentially put a, a label there to say, hey, you know, here's the education piece around this product. Because that box of Cheerios that has a best before date, it's not unhealthy or unsafe for me to eat. Sure, it may not have the same crunch or the same you know, honey nut flavor or whatever it may be. But in reality, when I throw that out, I'm just compounding the problem. So for me, it's rooted in education. So <clears throat> our, our marketplace essentially has the impact and that's done through expansion in our current markets and geographic expansion. And then the indirect impact is what kind of makes me jump out of bed a little bit faster than, than normal to say, how can we actually embed this into the ecosystem of the food supply chain and, and educate consumers of, of how important food waste is?
1: That's fantastic. It sounds like you're really trying to operate at every level. It sounds like you're getting in, in systems change and getting in in big and small business and, and then bringing in the individual consumer to be logging on to this app and figuring out how and where they can sort of help reduce food waste. I have two more questions for you on that thought. Uh, The first one is in Canada, where can folks get involved here? Where can we log on to our app and find ways to save food? Uh, I heard you mention Montreal and Toronto.
0: And and Vancouver. Yeah. So right now, the, the app can be downloaded coast to coast in Canada We've been operational for just over 100 days. So we're scaling as fast as oh, I want to call it humanly possible to, to get coast to coast. But we've launched Toronto and the surrounding Toronto region. Close to 400 partners signed on already. Um, we've launched in Vancouver just uh, just a couple of months ago. And have it have a good a partner base there. And Montreal, literally, it was about two weeks ago, or a week and a half ago. So expanding in the in the Quebec region and out of the core downtown Montreal uh, area. So those are the three what I call hubs and, and centers in which we're expanding from. But as you know, there's many other cities across Canada that um, that could really use the platform, and the consumers can can ultimately join the fight against food waste. So. That's the short time frame. And as you think of 2022, we'll be we'll be expanding quite aggressively into other cities to make sure our our, our tools and our platform is available for everyone.
1: Congratulations on that. Thank you. Humanly possible expansion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and really good luck as you continue to expand. Sounds very exciting and, and I think it's a testament to how needed and wanted this kind of thing is if it's being so successful and expanding to different places so quickly. So that's really great to hear. My last question for you is for people who don't yet have this available in their community or for people who do have it available and they just want to do more, are there any pieces of advice that you can share on how people can become individual champions in their own communities or even in their own homes to cut down on their food waste?
0: Yeah, and it's a great question. And I think it's it's the, the simplest way to get involved as well. In, in that context, I think I mentioned over 20% of the food waste in Canada actually happens in our homes. So the simplest way to get involved is, is just look at your kitchen and look at your fridge and start there. And for us, we try to help facilitate that. We have a YouTube channel in which we post recipes and content for consumers to get inspired. Our to go. can Instagram handle has a lot of tips and tricks with regards to reusing leftovers and using you know soon to go bad uh, ingredients into into meals and, and food that ultimately can be consumed so starting in your own kitchen and in your own fridge from making lists from understanding when products are ultimately going bad and making sure that there's a routine around them and continuing to take food that ultimately You know, one of the best examples is leftover bread. You can turn that into chocolate chip cookies. Most people like, oh, the bread is too hard now. I'm going to throw it out. Um, And then they throw it out. And, you know, I can put my hand up and say, uh, I I need to continue to do a better job. Just this morning, I opened the fridge as I was leaving. We had broccoli in the fridge that was starting to turn color. I'm like, oh, my God, we've been meaning to have this. Told my wife that, hey, when I come home, let's make sure we have this broccoli tonight. Just being conscious of, I hate to say it this way, but like managing your fridge. And making sure food is invisible versus going on those big shopping runs where the, the door doesn't close and you jam it closed. And at the end of the day, you find that, hey, there was a lot of stuff in the back there that has a funky smell and you end up throwing out. So very basic things we can do in our own kitchen is uh, is, a, is a very, very simple starting point. And we try to inspire all, all users and anyone really around the world through our Instagram handles and, and our online content to use recipes and use just you know some basic tips and tricks with regards to reducing food waste at home.
1: The way that you talk about it almost makes it sound like an interesting game that we can play with our food in our fridge and on our counters. Like, oh, we're, we're running low on bread. I really don't want bread today. I guess we have to make chocolate chip cookies. Chocolate
0: cookies, of course, absolutely. It's, it's one of those things that when you have limitations, you can actually be super creative about it. And, and if you... Know that you're actually doing good to the planet. You're, you know, helping your bank account as well. Like it's a win-win-win situation for you, for you in the home. But, but 100, the, the challenge is, uh, the challenge is almost fun if you look at it that way.
1: Uh, before you go, is there? Anything else that you wanted to share with our listeners about Too Good to Go Canada or food waste in general? The floor is yours.
0: Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I think I'll I'll pick up on the uh, hope theme that you uh, kind of alluded to earlier on. And I think the, the first and foremost, while I'm you know the face and, and the voice in this in this podcast, there's a team of 44 incredibly dedicated waste warriors, as we call our team members across Canada, really. Who've um, joined Too Good to Go and are fighting the fight against food waste. So I think the impact that we've had—it's not the work of one; it's the work of many. And I think picking up on that model of the work that the team members have done with regards to that—you know—superhuman expansion across the country—I would just extend that extend that message to Canadians coast to coast to join the fight against food waste. I think the simplest way, as we mentioned, is in in our fridge and in our homes. And as we continue to expand, I would encourage listeners to. You know, go to the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store, download the app and within the region, rescue one meal. Like one meal is the start of many other opportunities and a lot of education with regards to how important food waste is and uh, make a difference. And for us, if we can start to take one small action forward, I think over over months and years we can actually have a have a, have a big impact.
1: That is a fantastic note to end on. Thank you so much, Sam, for joining. It's really great to have you on to learn more about the issue that is food waste and um, many things that we can do to help decrease our own food waste so thank you so much this has been great
0: awesome this was amazing thanks so much cheryl
1: thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of one act at a time stories of change we would love to hear your thoughts on instagram or facebook at take the oath and to learn more about the oath project or to nominate someone for this podcast visit oneactatatime.org if you enjoyed this podcast subscribe and share it with your community so that we can inspire more people to hashtag take the oath That's it from us and we will see you on the next episode.